Yeah, I guess so. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, obviously, uh, Pastor Andrew or Pastor Mike, I didn't, uh, I actually didn't, they didn't ask me to teach this class. I was told that, I told, I was, I was voluntold that I was going to teach this class. Uh, and um, my, he announced it from the platform last Sunday, so I found out when y'all found out uh, <laughs> at the exact same time. So, but it's uh, always a joy to do this, and I love uh, teaching this class because, like, as a minister, you can always tell when people are receptive. Uh, it's like when Jesus said, you know, uh, he's in the throng of people, and they said, who touched me? And they're like, there's people all around you. How can you say who touched you? He said, I felt virtue leave. And every time that I've taught this class, you can feel that virtue being drawn out of you. And so uh, it, that tells you me that, you know, people are receptive to the Word of God. And in this church, this is probably like this class here, I feel like uh, is more, man, more than any class I've ever taught, people are just like hungry for the Word. You, you can tell. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, they usually do like um, prayer for you know, anything at all, uh, bless, or praise reports, prayer for people that are sick or anything. Anybody got anything? Trying to find out where the primary... Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they can catch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, you definitely. Okay. Sure. Okay. Well, definitely, definitely. Uh, we know what the report is and uh what we believe the report of the lord you know and so you have to enforce that against the sickness against the enemy because uh, uh it might be a fact that there's cancer there but the word of god truth overrides and supersedes fact and you enforce that and it, it it'll manifest so yeah 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 uh so Yeah, I was going to say, I kind of know. No, I'm just kidding. There, there was no cancer on so Okay. And I have all up in his eight millimeters. They said that it's, he, he really is pretty sure there's no cancer there, but he was just in the office. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Yes, ma'am. So, you know, the tricep is half of a pecky. Uh-huh. And we actually just put our coffee in the cell. Uh-huh. All right. Hey, hang on to that. Believe it. Yeah, because it'll happen. I'll tell you. I've I've experienced that one too. You know, um, and just a testimony of the Lord. Uh, one time I was sitting there, and the real estate agent sitting across the table from me, and she's going through and telling me, you know, uh, what she thought the list price should be and all of this. And 
you know, I, I hired her because I, you know, I don't know anything about it. But I heard the Holy Spirit on the inside of me say a number. And uh, I, he said, tell her to list it for this. And I was like, okay. And I did. And she literally laughed out loud at me and like to her face, you know, and she's like, look, I've been doing this for 30 years and that's not going to happen. And, and, uh, the, the Lord just said, tell her to list it. And, uh, so I was just sitting there and I, I said, well, can I list it? You know, let's, let's list it that. And she said, um, you can list it at whatever you want, but I'm just telling you X, Y, Z, you know, whatever. And, um, I said, just list it. And so she did. And, we got a phone call shortly after that. She goes, you're not going to believe this. And I said, yeah. actually, I am, probably. And she said, she said, you got the full price of what you asked. I said, I don't doubt it a bit, sister. Bring the paperwork over here. You know? And, yeah. Yeah. Now you got yeah you got to have the thing from the Lord and everything but uh, if you've heard you've heard uh, you know and but that is the reason I hired her I hired her for her wisdom but at the same time on the flip of that uh, if the Lord says something to me and I know it's the Lord then I'm going to go with that even though I don't have to know all the details and so anyways all right well uh, all right well let's pray then Lord we just praise you and thank you Lord for this day. Thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. We love you. And um, we just lift these needs up before you, Lord. We know uh, that cancer is a name, and the scripture says that Jesus is above every name. And Lord, so every knee, every every name will bow its knee to the name of Jesus. So Lord, we know it's a process to walk out sometimes, and sometimes it's instant, and sometimes it's not. But when it's not, Lord, we stand on the word, and we continue to declare the finished work of Christ, Lord, and we just praise you, and we that our part in that is just, we thank you, Lord, for whole bodies, all of these needs today uh, for Kenny and, um, you know, for Dolores and her her friend uh, and um, uh, the Sherry. We just lift all of these needs up before you, Lord, and we declare that the Word of God says that Jesus took the straps on his back for all of that, that healing is a completed work. Lord, we declare it done. We thank you for it, and we just stand and praise you, and thank you, Lord, that uh, the whether it's instant or whether it's a process to walk out, Lord, we declare the finished work of Christ. And we give you praise for it. Thank you for it. Uh, we, we declare uh, favor over Cindy's property. And, and Lord, I believe that uh, she's going to have things come out of the woodwork uh, that's good. And, and uh, we stand in faith with her, Lord, that you, she gets the number that you give to them. And Lord, we just give you praise for that and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, what I have this morning, it may, uh, some people, this might not seem too spiritual, but it's probably one of the uh, more um, talked about subjects in the Word of God, and some one subject that uh, is often overlooked or passed by, just simply because people really don't understand it. And we're going to talk a little bit about money talk about tithing, and I had spoke with Pastor Mike and Pastor Andrea about this uh, when she asked me to teach. I kind of had that on my heart, because that's kind of where she left off last week, and um, 
I asked her just briefly, I said, is there anything, any particular direction that you think it, it should go? And I think this is, this is a basic uh, message, and I literally started studying for this last Sunday. I can't, was at church Sunday, uh, and like I said, y'all found out when I found out I was teaching this class today, because uh, I didn't know. And he announced that, and I said, well, okay. And so I started studying that afternoon because this is something that's been life-changing for me. And I think it's life-changing for anyone who gets a glimpse of it and you start to walk in it. Because how many of you know money is important? I mean, could anybody here use more money? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, there's a lot of stuff going on out there in the world, and there is a way to live above the world's financial system and live in God's financial system and have your needs met. And, you know, I say that um, my wife and I, we've been walking in this for years. Um, and I can say with um, the Lord has been with us every step of the way, we've seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And some of those are financial and some of them are not. But uh, I, I will share with you, you know, that, I mean, I remember my daughter um, coming home from the hospital. She spent five weeks in the NICU at Cook's, and uh, that's a pretty penny. I picked up the bill when it landed on the, the counter, $551,000. It was over half a million dollars. And in one afternoon, the Lord uh, opened up a program for us to enroll in, and all we did was a few phone calls, talked to a few people, and before the day was over, I paid $100 on that bill. And so I could have ended up working for the rest of my life. You know, I'd have still been out there working because I wouldn't make, paramedics don't make that much when you're on an ambulance. <laughs> and so um, I would still be working probably a couple lifetimes, you know, to try and pay that bill. And uh, we've had things like that happen to us more than once. And uh, it's just uh, God is good and he's faithful. And if you believe him for it, he, he knows. I mean, the, and so I'll start off. I'm going to kind of try and stay on track here today because I started studying this. And as you can see, I have five full pages of notes. I'm not going to try and do all of that, but it just started coming. And so I started writing it down and getting a hold of it and it just kept growing I said okay Lord I'm gonna have to trim this back I went and trimmed it back and then I ended up with more notes and it just kept the Lord just kept ministering this to me to the point I'm like Lord I got 45 minutes I literally could probably teach on this for a couple months without adding any notes if I didn't add any notes and that's how much the Bible does talk about money and finances and so we're going to talk about kind of getting in the door. Uh, I know that, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, uh, there was probably when uh, televangelists hit the television, talk started talking about financial prosperity and stuff. You know, it's sad that a few of them ruined it for what God had intended, you know, because there are those people out there that does not have good intentions and um, are 
trying to get money. But by and large, that's not the case. Uh, we are Christian people. We want to live by Christian standards. And I mean, if God said we need to paint each other purple every morning and show up for church, then I want to find the purple paint and, you know, be ready. You know, I'm just saying, whatever he says, whatever the word says, I came to the place years ago where I decided, because uh, there was there are so many things out there, uh, you know, religiously. There's a church on every corner, and, um, you know, I have been to Bible school. I have learned a lot about the Word of God over the years, but I came to the place where I said, you know, I do believe that the written Word of God, the Scripture says that He was the Word, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And so I made the decision years ago that if I could find it in the Word and I knew it was true and I could confirm it in two or three places, I was going to go with the Word. And that has been totally fail-safe for me. Uh, I mean, you know, where we get into error or danger is when we take one piece of Scripture, pull it out, and try and run with it. Uh, well, you know, money is evil. Okay, well, show me that scripture. It doesn't say money is evil. It says the love of money is evil, and there's more people without a dime committing that sin than there are people with money. And so that's the thing, and there's a lot of conversations in there, but Jesus talked about money and stewardship and finances more than any other subject. He actually, you know, he said that people that understand this, he said the children of the world are more wise than the children of light. In other words, we kind of leave our brain at the door when we come in the church sometimes, set it down, well, this money stuff's not important. And we come in and sit down and, you know, we listen to it, and then we pick our brain up and we go back out the door, and then, you know, it was a message and everything. Oh, well, that money stuff, you know. But then we go to work every single day after that, trying to make money. And so what I want to talk about is how God begins the process, how you increase. And I can say, you know, I say this, uh, we've proved this out over the years, and I can honestly say that, um, you know, at, at one point in my time, my life, I was hesitant to kind of bring it out. But, you know, we are debt-free, and we have went backwards in an economy that has, as it's went down, we've went up the whole time. And uh, God has been good to us. And it's just simply by listening and obeying. You can say, like I said, that one bill that we got that one day, half a million dollars, man, uh, for on medical bills, that saved me. I mean, I don't know how many years of, I would have been out there working for that. And so there's a lot that goes with it. There's responsibility that goes with it. I can tell you that um, as you begin to increase uh, you know, I, you do want to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. And the reason I say that is because, like, I, uh, there was one time where uh, I was going to give away a vehicle. And uh, I had mentioned it to a, a friend, and we talking about it, and uh, I ended up giving it to someone. Well, this guy had told me before I gave this vehicle away, the Lord told me you're going to give that car to me. And I was like, well, he didn't tell me that, you know. And so until he does... Uh, yeah, you can go on over there. You know, it was, I wanted to be spirit directed with some of the things I was doing. And then I found out, you know, even from my own close family in places, when you start to increase, you're, the Bible says you, as you become close to 
climbing up that ladder. If you're going to receive a hundredfold, you're going to end up with a hundredfold persecution. So you've got to be ready for that. Yeah, I had uh, my own family that got angry with me and cursed me. And yeah, and so it's something you got to be solid in with your relationship with the Lord. But to think that you got to realize the guy that we're serving has streets of gold. I mean, they are solid gold, uh, and it's the gems everywhere. He said, I'll make your windows of agates, your gates of carbuncles, all your borders of precious stones. And so, to you know, this is, gold is like gravel to him. And, you know, he prayed, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I would dare to say that Solomon's probably the closest that we've ever got. But you can, there's no way you can read through the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, and see um, that God doesn't want people wealthy because he does. Because the thing is, is imagine if Elon Musk got uh, born again tomorrow, the influence that that man would have on the church and just got radically saved and said, oh my gosh, Jesus, I just want to serve Jesus. And oh, let me, where's the church? What church? You know, I want to start tithing and cut a 10% check to the church. Imagine what influence that would have and so to say that would put people that would have otherwise went to hell you would populate heaven with that and so uh, what I want to talk about I'll start off and I just kind of want to talk about mostly today the tithe just simply because most people don't understand the tithe what's the purpose and so I wrote down a few questions basic questions I'll try and answer and some of it's like what's the definition uh, is the New Testament church supposed to tithe are there benefits to tithing? Where do I tithe? Uh, just some questions like that. And so the word tithe just simply means 10%. 10. That's what it means, 10. And so if I have $100, I think basic math here, if I had $100, the tithe off that 100 would be $10, right? So that 11th dollar is not part of the tithe. When we hit the 11th dollar, that is part of a seed, an offering, and there's different types of giving in the Word of God, and they all require different motivation, and they all bring different results. Your tithe, I, the best way I could kind of get it over to you that sounds, it's kind of maybe in a silly way, but where give an illustration where you can see it is, it's like if you had an insurance policy. You were paying for an insurance policy. And that might not be the best um, uh, way to describe it, but it, it's like you're paying for something that comes with benefits. And that's a strange way of putting it, and that's not 100% entirely true, but in a way it kind of is. And what I mean by that is your tithe, it activates different things. And so... I want you to know, as I talk to you about this, I probably should have started with this, I have, personally, I have no stock in this message as far as this church. I teach, um, but I am not on the board. I am not part of the staff. I'm not going to, if y'all gave everything you had today, I wouldn't get a single cent of it. I don't have any investment to push this message other than it's the Word of God, and I believe this is 
to help you. And it's like the Apostle Paul. He said, I want you to give not because I desire a gift, but so that fruit can abound to your account. And when you understand the principles, you are setting yourself up for success. And so God uh, basically, um, the like I said, the 10% is... $100, you give $10, that's your tithe. The $11 is more of seed sowing. And so one of the questions people ask, is the New Testament church supposed to tithe? Well, I, and I do have a ton of scripture on here, and I'm going to probably kind of throw some stuff out pretty fast. But if you have your Bible and you go to Genesis chapter 14 and verse 18, this is when... Abraham came back from going to get Lot, and he came back with all of the spoils. And one thing you have to know about Abraham, and the way the Word of God is laid out, is Abraham came after Noah, after the flood, but he came before Moses and the law. And so this is, people say, well, that's the Levitical law, you know, the Levites, they they were the priests, and and uh, you do bring it to the priest and everything. But this says, And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, this Genesis fourteen eighteen, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. That's talking blood covenant right there. He's bringing the elements of the covenant to out the priest is. And if you know anything about Melchizedek, if you read in Hebrews 7, it talks about, he has no lineage. Basically, he's he. Basically, what's going on there, and a lot of scholars believe this was Jesus, because there's so little to tie him to about as far as genealogy and lineage goes. And I'm not going to get into all of that. What I want you to see, just for sake of time, is this priest, King of Salem, brought forth the bread and wine, and it says he is the pre he was the priest of the Most High God, and the he blessed him. And said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And Abraham had so much spoil before when him and Lot, this was before when him and Lot were together, they couldn't dwell together. He said, You're gonna have, we're gonna have to get away from each other in order for us to be able to have enough room for all our cattle and sheep and servants and all of this stuff. And uh, he even told Lot, you can go that way, and I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i go over here. Or you can go over there, and I'll go this way. It didn't matter to him because what, what he was talking about, what Abraham was saying is the blessing. See, this says Melchizedek, king of Salem, blessed him. And then it says he, he declared over him, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. That is what came on Abram, is the blessing. And that's what the tithe invokes onto you, is the blessing. Because, see, Joseph had the blessing on him. He, even though he got thrown in a well, he made some mistakes, all of those things, the blessing stayed on him. And that blessing is what, revealed to him the dreams and revealed to him about the famine and how to move forward is that blessing dwelt on him so what we're talking about is as I 
give this tithe, uh, this blessing is conferred on me. And you can read that in Deuteronomy 28 when he goes through all the steps of the covenant and they talk about the blessing and they talk about the curse. And uh, while there are other things you can do to have different types of blessings, what we're talking about is not blessings. We're talking about the blessing living. Jesus said, if I abide in you, you abide in me. And he goes through and talks about we're all one. We will make our abode with you. That's the blessing of the Lord abiding in us and on us. And so that's what we're after. And what? Oh, you can read scripture. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't have the New Testament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a principle of life. It's not, yeah, and that's good. That's good. It's not that it's uh, Old Testament. It's a principle that we live by, and it does so many things, and that's what I hope uh show you a couple things, a few things that it actually does that people go oh wow because here's the thing about the tithe what and this is what i recommend this is what i i mean 100 percent. if you're still thinking in terms of when you goes through your mind and you think oh man i have to tithe don't do it yet just hold on and continue to meditate the scripture because when the revelation hits your spirit it's not a i have to tithe thing it's oh my gosh I get to tithe. Praise God, man. This is awesome. Oh, wow. If I would have known this before, that my 90% will go so much further than my 100% would go on my own, I would have started doing this years ago. It's like when I started tithing, man, my car stopped breaking down. My my refrigerator quit breaking. All of the stuff, people bring me stuff. It's like... Just things started clicking for me and working and working and working. And once you get a hold of it and you walk in it, you're like, whoa, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. Well, and that's true, and like that, I mean, that even goes over into giving and receiving. Let me give you a quick example. All the laws of God, they work in the positive, okay? And so Satan's not a creator, right? He can't create anything. He has to take what's already out there and get you to 
turn it and you're twisted in your thinking. That's what the word wicked means. It's twisted. Wicker, like a wicker basket. And when you twist it in your thinking and try to operate in it, that invokes the curse and it works in reverse. So the laws of giving and receiving work in the positive and they work in the negative. Let's say, I'll give you an example, 100-fold return, we talk about that, you know, and 100-fold doesn't always mean 100 times, it means a full cycle, a circle, all a 360 all the way around. You went from seed time, seed, time, harvest, and usage, con consumption, it's made a full cycle, and that's what a hundredfold actually means it. It can mean a hundred times, um, but also with that, like I said, when you start operating in principles like that and receiving a hundredfold, you're going to have persecution that comes with it. So you need to be, you know, ready to stand against that because there are attacks. Because I can tell you, the devil would rather have you sick, or he would rather have you broke than sick. And the, the devil would rather see a sick or a broke church than a sick church. And you say, what? Well, think about it in the sense of if you're the healthiest person on the planet, but you don't have a penny, how are you going to be able to help somebody else? But you can be dying of cancer in a bed with billions of dollars, and your money can go all around the world, and you can finance the gospel in every nation. And so your money is, and the devil knows that, and that's, he is the prince of the power of the air in this world. We operate in this world, but we're not of this world. And so whenever uh, we start moving in this area, this is where you're going to meet the opposition from the enemy if your heart's right. So with that being said, the tithe is 10%. The tithe came in before the law, and it, like she said, Jane said, uh, it was proved out, Jesus said, in there in the New Testament. There's lots, there's, man, I printed out all the tithing scripture in the New Testament and the Old. There, it's, there's a lot of information in there. But I think that the reason that a lot of it's not super definitive in the New Covenant is because God said, I'm going to write my laws on their hearts. And God wants people to do this because it's like being in a relationship. You want your spouse to be there because they want to be there, not because they have to be there. God wants us to bring him the tithe because we want to bring it, not because we have to bring it. And he's kind of like, if you have to bring it, just hang on to it. You know, and keep meditating the scripture until it becomes alive to you. You know, God loves a cheerful giver, prompt, quick to do it giver. That's what the Lord is looking for. And, you know, the scripture talks about in the New Testament, God's made, able to make, now, I mean, listen to how, like, superfluous, this, how big this scripture is. Apostle Paul, he said, uh, um, God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, always, having all sufficiency in all things, may be able to give unto every good work. That's a lot. You know, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. And so when you start studying money, you do want to take the context of what there is there and let the Bible interpret the Bible. Because if you just try and take a one piece or one conversation and run off with it, because I can think of lots of them, um, it's not going to always add up. But when you start getting the revelation, it all starts, the pieces start coming together. So, like... Uh, with the tithe, uh, is there any benefits to tithing? So, 
If you have your Bible, this is Old Testament, but Malachi, go to Malachi 3 and 6, and um, I'll read the, like these first six verses. And it says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. That's a good thing for them. He said, Even from the days of your fathers, you've gone away from my ordinances, and I have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, how shall we return? And God said, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, being cursed is bad enough, but being cursed with a curse, no thanks. He said, you're cursed with the curse. You've robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Now, what that is saying to me right there is, you know, where does my tithe go to? And people, I know people that send it here and they send it to there. But usually your tithe will go to your local church or the where you get your spiritual food, where you're being fed. If you're coming to church, you know, every Sunday and um, you're receiving from the Word of God and, you know, there's some a spiritual pastor or something, you know, that's there that's meeting your spiritual needs or helping to meet your spiritual needs, then that's where your um, tithe goes to. And that's not me saying that. That's right here. Uh, it says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there's meat in my house, the lights are on, this, that, and the other, all the, the bills are paid. And prove me now herewith, says the Lord, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And so what I would say to that part right here is that's the only place I know of in the Bible, well, this one, one spot where God says, if you don't believe it, try it. Prove me. Come on. Come on. Do it. You'll see. Just do it. I, I, you want to put me on the spot? Fine. I mean, the scripture talks about walking by faith. We walk by faith, and we do walk by faith. And, we, and he requires faith. It's without faith. It's impossible to please him. Um, you know, he that believes that God is, must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. However, in this particular case, he is saying, if you don't believe it, give it a shot and see if I don't come through. And so, and in the last part of that, if you'll notice in the 10th verse, part of that's in italics. It says, the, um, the, there shall is in italics. It says not, and then be room is in italics, and it says enough, and then to receive it is in italics. Italics uh, in the Bible is just added by the translators to make a flow where it flows for continuity. However, if a translator puts it in there, I have the privilege of taking it out if I want to, just kind of to see what it says. And so if you take that out, what it says, the way that I believe the Holy Spirit gave it to me is, bring you all the tithes of the storehouse or meet in my house, prove me now here with saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, comma. And if that's not enough, because it says that not enough, 
And if that's not enough, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Your vine will not cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you'll be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. So, what does the tithe do? The tithe, um, you, it's an opportunity for you to prove God. God said, you can do that. I'm not going to be upset. Go ahead. Let me prove it to you. And then he said, and if this, all of this stuff I've promised is not enough for you, I will rebuke the devourer. We're usually the one that rebukes the devourer. We're supposed to rebuke the devil. You know, he said, you go and cast out the devil. When it comes to your finances, this is how you keep the devil out of your money. And that right there, sir, is worth 20% or 30% or 40%. I mean, this is how you keep Satan out of your money and out of your crops and out of your seed sowing. And this is the ticket to get into the door, if you will, to, of finance. And this is not, we haven't even got to seed sowing yet. And so I know that when people first start learning about this, you mean he wants 10% and then more? Well, no, not exactly. He, re, he does ask for the 10%. He says, that's mine, so you're robbing me if you take it. Now, there, I mean, in the New Testament, uh, like I said, if it's, just not, if it's not a revelation to you, keep meditating on it. Keep meditating on it. But realize this is how you keep the devil out. And it does require faith for you to step forward that first time. But the Lord said he would meet you there and he would help you. And so we have, uh, I don't think, man, since we've been married, Jane, we're, we've, we have tithed the whole time except for once. And <laughs> she, she, I didn't know about it till later. And, uh, but anyways, uh, it was kind of funny. She said we got in a crunch. I literally didn't find out about that till years later, but it, it's kind of a funny story. But for lack of time, uh, I won't go there. But this is how you keep the devil out. And the Lord watches over your crops. This is talking about also protection. And so, you know, when, then one of the questions people ask is, well, how do you tithe? Well, this is not like a bill you pay. This is not you just, oh, I'm going to hop online, I'm going to pay this, and I'm going to move on, or I'm going to just throw it in the bucket or whatever. This, and I could get into Deuteronomy and go back and kind of, it would take me some time to go through all of the Scripture there's basically a couple things that you do with the tithe. One is it is meant to be brought as a worship with worship. Lord, I just thank you, Lord. Uh, and the declaration, like for the children of Israel, it was he brought them out of Egypt. For us, it's, you know, thank you, Lord. You brought us out of the kingdom of darkness and you've placed us translate us in the kingdom of light lord and that we live in a system where we can supersede the world system and we live in this world but we're not of this world and that we see the economy how it's just going to hell in a handbasket but lord that we just thank you that you increase us more and more and lord that uh, we're blessed and you you know I mean, you literally can stand in a place where, and, and this takes some faith to do this, but I'm not kidding about this. The Lord told me when the gas prices started going up, he said, I want you to just laugh. Laugh every time you see it. 
And uh, she thought, might have thought I was a little crazy too. But I told her, I knew, I knew. I said, that gas price, I said, praise God. It got so real to me with prices at the store and different things that I went, praise God, money's coming. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, you can jack it up 10 cents, but 30, 40 cents is coming. You know, and uh, that's how we have been through this whole thing. And I, the Lord asked me the other day, he asked me this. He said, do you need anything right now? And I stopped and I thought, no, I don't. He says, is there anything that you want right now? Not really. And I said, man. And then I got to meditating on it, and I was like, man, that is true. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in the green pastures and leads me beside still waters. And do you realize that scripture? We think about that scripture and we think about heaven. You know, we're not going to have any enemies in heaven. No enemies. He said, I prepare a table before you in the presence of this economy, in the presence of all of this. And you are goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. I said, Lord, I'm a walking billboard for the goodness of God. And that's not a brag on me. I don't have no reason to brag. If you think I'm bragging, you are missing this 100% because I found out what I could do before I came to the Lord. I'm telling you, the Lord spoke to me years ago, and I've stood on this word for 20 years. He said, I am going to make you an example of my goodness. And I said, why me? And, you know, he said, you'll believe it. He said, you believe, you know, you believe the stuff. And I was like, I realized at that point anybody can have that. You realize the times we're living in the, and how he wants to use you and the opportunity that's there in these last days. And, you know, I know people, money is a big deal out there. And I'm not saying we're rich. You look at our paper, you look at our checkbook or whatever, it might not be. Like there's just a lot of money there. But over the years, just somehow, like I looked around, we don't have any credit card debt. And I look around, and I'm like, I own my stuff. You know, that truck out there, that's paid for. My house, it's paid for. We're blessed. And that is all the Lord's doing and uh, we just give him the, the praise for it and but this is how we got there this is how we got there is honor honoring the Lord and honoring the Lord and worshiping the Lord with our money because you realize he doesn't need anything he don't need anything at all he's he doesn't need a thing and so the last thing the main thing that I want to kind of just kind of in the last few minutes here is I want to deal with this People say that money is the root of all the evil. The scripture says, and where I got that down here somewhere, but it doesn't, I think it's 1 Timothy 6. It says, uh, yeah, 1 Timothy 6.10 says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. And I have in my notes, there are more poor people committing this sin than there are rich people. Tithing is one of the keys to keeping yourself in check and so it's all reversed from the way that we look at it sometimes 
what you say, well, you know, how do I know? I don't want to get into a place to where, you know, money is like weighting me down and this. The way you keep yourself in check is you tithe. That says, if I say to God, one dollar out of every ten dollars that I get for the rest of my life is yours. That is how I keep from money getting that grip on me and me usurping authority over it because there's two things in life that a man or a woman can't control outside of the Spirit of God, and it's sex and money, period. You have to be in the confines of marriage for you to have that control in that area of the sex, and then the money is uh, probably even more powerful than that and you have to be in and under God's system and operating in the system in order for you to be able to have authority over and control because that keeps you in a place to where when the Lord speaks to you and says, I want you to give that thing to so-and-so. Okay. Because, and that's also a safeguard between us and God because it keeps us in check and it keeps... These people say, well, God needs to see that you're going to be faithful to money. God don't need to see anything. If God needs to see something, he's not God. You need to see that you're faithful with it. He doesn't need to see anything. Now, it will be proved out, and, and you'll be able to develop a testimony over time, but it's you that needs to see it, not God. And so one of the things that we put, uh, and I'll just kind of wrap it up with this, um, I want the Lord put this on my heart to say this this week. So one of the quick things that I will say about the tithe is a little bit like your vote. People say, well, my vote doesn't matter. And, uh, well, you know, it's, it's not that big. We're going to lose anyway or we're going to win anyway or whatever. You have to realize that as, like me, as the priest in my home, I have a responsibility for drawing protection over my home and for keeping the curse out of my home. And even if I know that this vote that I'm going to go down there and cast, I'm going to lose, uh, you know, it's going to be over-the-top loss, you still have to make the act of faith of doing that. That way that protection is released over your household. And that is invaluable. And we don't always see that like that. We think, well, it's not, well, maybe it won't make a big deal in as far as the in the, the population of the votes, but it will make a difference for your household. It's like uh, saying, oh, I'm not going to get a paycheck this week, but it won't, you know, and in the economy that's out there, there's millions and trillions of dollars. What's good is my little, well, a thousand dollars will take care of my family. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, this, this helps provide for my, keep protection over my crops. The tithe provides protection um, over the, God said he would watch over your field, that the, the devil would stay out, that would keep the devil out, and then your vote's kind of the same way, so that's what the things that I encourage people to do this week is just think about that since the midterms are out there, and I'm not trying to lobby for that, but at the same time I am because I want you to be blessed, not because I want so-and-so to win a race or whatever, vote, vote biblical values, um, and that's pretty much it and we're now at this point if we stop right here what I would say is we're kind of on that ground level where the next step would be where we would start talking about like seed time and harvest and there's different types of giving there's alms and not all of those are hundredfold return you know it's your seed time and harvest your there's pity the he that has pity on the poor lends to the Lord the Lord will repay him 
So, anyways, thank you for listening. I know that was a lot, and I kind of talk a little fast, but it's just so vitally important that we uh, walk in this as a church. So, thank you for your time. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Well, it's, you know, not about, um, I mean, money's important, you know. we got to have it to live. It is, and I want to tell them I love negative money because I give so much. But, you know, I can't. Hey, man. I didn't mean to go. I was just. Okay. She said she raised.